Nico Horner, star of the Chicago Cubs, joining us right now. Oh, see, that's a backdrop. You yeah, like that right? backdrop? That's no, I, I mean, me personally, no. No, but I'm saying <laughs> – well, thank you. We know where, uh, where your uh, fandom resides. But, Nico, hey, great to have you on, um, and we're making fun of it in a good way because they keep saying Eric Kratz looks like he's in a prison cell or something right now, and you've got, like, absolutely pristine connection, the great Cubs backdrop behind you. Um, did you see uh, – how you doing? Thanks for coming on. Did you hear about that? That no-hitter in the minor league game um, where the trash pandas gave up a billion runs? Yeah, yeah, I heard about it. I think that'd be a, definitely a funny game, like post-game on the winning or losing side. Just kind of come back to the locker room, just look around, like, what what just happened? I mean, everyone in the entire locker room had an offer, but you also won. Like, just kind of a funny energy, I'd imagine. <laughs> Nico, you got uh, – hi, buddy, first off. I miss you. Secondly, uh, you're one of the few leftover guys kind of over the, the turnover of the Cubs over the last couple seasons about you and Hap and uh, a few others. What's uh, what's the clubhouse like these days? How's the, the camaraderie and how are the guys meshing together with all the new faces? Yeah, I mean, it was definitely an, an important spring for us just with as many new people as, as we've had Um I think one of the, the coolest things about the guys that we've brought in this year is there's a lot of guys that have won the World Series. You know, you have you have a lot of champions from different places coming in here and um, at different points in their careers and things like that, obviously. But to have guys that have actually done it, I think is pretty significant and um, really high character guys. And uh, it's been a fun group already and really looking forward to it. What do each of those guys bring? Like, what does what does Dansby bring besides 100 hits in the first series? What does what does Dansby Dansby bring that Cody doesn't bring? Or like you know they yes they got their World Series rings, but like what do each of them bring? Like those two guys specifically. Um, yeah, I mean I, I think I think that they're you know they're at different points in their careers. Obviously, Dansby has has just signed a a, a huge free agent deal, and then and then Cody's on a on a one year deal, and so those are differences right there. But both come with. Um, a lot of a lot of motivation, and I think they're both at a place where they're in a good place to be the best versions of themselves. I think the nice thing about the guys that have come in is that they don't. It doesn't feel like anyone has to be other anything other than what they've done their whole careers, which is uh, just be the best version of themselves. And I think we got a staff that that really makes that possible. I mean, they're both uh, they're very different guys, but. Um, Dansby's been incredible to watch, especially on the defensive side, just how easy that he makes the game look. And Cody as well, and playing up the middle with both those guys is a, is a pretty special thing for sure. Are you, are you pissed at Dansby? Did you tell Dansby, look, dog, like, I was the shortstop. I'm going to let you play short, but if you suck, I'm going to take your spot. <laughs> like, did you have no, that discussion yet? <laughs> I haven't haven't had it yet. You think that that'd be a good go to though at this point? Like, I, probably should probably should have done it with an introduction, right? First thing, but maybe I have it now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can go to it now. You can definitely go to it now because now he's feeling comfortable. He feels good. Like he's like, ah, two for four. What's the score? You yeah. go up to him and be like, look, one, you got to pay for all of my meals because you're making more than I am. Even though, hey, congrats, you got a nice little extension. I like that for you. Good for you. Thank you. But Two, yeah, you gotta you gotta set. That's how you that's how you know where you stand in a clubhouse. You don't have to punch somebody in the face, but you gotta you know you gotta make sure you still got street cred. And you're like, look, I was the guy last year. You can be the guy for a little bit, but no, I'm looming. Yeah, maybe I'll, I'll pick my spot. I'll feel it out. Yeah. 
Nice. Listen, I got I got to work with Nico uh, in the 2020 season uh, at second base a bunch. I think we would pick each other's brains. I think I would try to help him. And by the end of the ground ball session, I was like, oh, I think he's doing it right. I think he's doing it better than I am, actually. Um, moving back to second now, are you getting more comfortable seeing your name in the lineup every more? You're not kind of in and out of it. It's nice to be there every day. You can find a little rhythm. You have a routine. You're getting ready for every game knowing you're probably in there. Is that Have you seen the difference? Definitely. I mean, last year was the the most extended stretch of baseball I've ever played. And, and you know, I knew anyone who's played this game at this level knows that, like, you don't really have a sense of what it is until you've done the full 162, six months of playing every day. And so I definitely feel like just as a player in general, regardless of position, I got a better sense of what that actually means now. And um, and playing second base, I mean, I've played more short in my life, but I've played enough second that it doesn't feel like a big adjustment. But um, I like that there's no more shifts. I think it brings out a lot of the best qualities of infielders. I think uh, the game's in a good place with that. And, um, yeah, I'm feeling good over there. So you remember all the important stuff I told you, right, that I yes, taught you? Yes. It's, okay, good, good. I'm so lucky sure. to have – Veterans like you. <laughs> hey, Nico. Hey, you, you, had, you had 20 – did I get this right? You had 20 bags last year? Yeah. With the new, with the new rules and the new bases, first I want to know which affects it more. The four and a half inches, is that huge? And is it the new bases or is it the – or, or is it the disengagements that are going to have you have 39 bases this year? That's a good number. Um, I, I think the disengagements, I think uh, pitchers can be pretty binded by that. They use a pickoff early in a, early in an at bat and it, you know, it's an advantage for the runner and definitely going to take advantage of that. You know, maybe I'm thrown out by four and a half inches a couple times in the past and I won't be this year, but when I'm on base, I'm not thinking about that. I'm thinking more about the, the disengagements. And, um, yeah, I think it'll be pretty fun. Nico, did you get a congratulations text from Jason Kipnis when you signed your extension? And did he give you any advice on how you should celebrate? <laughs> I don't think I... I don't think I got a text from him, um, but he gets a lot of different texts from me for that on different <laughs> things. Yeah, uh, I think you know, definitely was lucky to play around a lot of guys who had been through like the financial side of baseball in a lot of different ways in their careers when I was younger, and just like seeing guys play in a free agent year or a platform year or guys who've signed extensions or things like that. And there's, there's no like right way to do it within all that. I think you just, it is interesting though, seeing, having seen other guys been through different situations and then you just make the best choice for yourself that you can. And, and you go from there and um, I feel good about where I'm at. Did you, Nico, you live where in Chicago? Just the neighborhood? Uh, Wicker park area. Generally. Okay. Great. Okay. That's a good area. I was just up there this weekend. It was freezing. You're, at, you're I'm, I'm guessing you're at Wrigley right now. Yes, I am. What, what is it like to play in that hellhole every day? Please tell me. Because <laughs> they loved me every time I went to Wrigley. Nothing yeah. but a standing ovation. Uh, absolutely. So being a Cali kid, you're in Chicago. It's freezing. What's it like to, to, to walk out? Listen, I love going to Wrigley because when you walked out, it was great. I mean, you walked out, you see the scoreboard, you see the whole deal. You look at, used to be able to see the whole city kind of behind the – so what's it like when you take the field every day? Did you, 
did you grow up growing up in Cali on WGN? Did you say, man, if I ever get to walk out on Wrigley, what's going to be like now you get to do it every day? Yeah. I mean, I, I grew up an A's fan. Um, and I did go to the Coliseum a lot and it, I appreciate it, but it's very different. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I think. I mean, they have running water at Wrigley, so that's a start. <laughs> Take the positives, right? Yeah. No, <laughs> dude, playing here is is ridiculous. We're we're so spoiled. Um, you guys have heard that before, but um, and it hasn't even been that cold so far this year, so that's been been huge. But um, no, it's it, we're we're so lucky. I mean, it's just it's hopefully something I never get used to, and the kind of thing that like whether it's in the middle of August or early April, like there's always going to be an energy there. And if you're not, if you're not feeling like excited and grateful to be in the show playing here, like it's not going to happen anywhere. I don't think so. Feeling very lucky to be here for sure. When you wake up, do you check the flags? I know when I was going to <laughs> yeah. driving up Lakeshore, first yeah, thing you do is which way is the water going? Cause I would tell you if it's blowing in or out. Oh, you can definitely get caught up in the wind traps. I mean, we're probably won't see the flags doing much but blowing in or blowing across the left probably till like july or so but um man it's a it's a beast it can be the best place in the world to hit or the worst uh and sometimes in between but it's usually one of those two and so you just hope that you know over the course of the year it ends up ends up evening out pretty well and things will be all right but wrigley uh, wrigley yeah wrigley man you never know (laughs) There's been a there's been some serious warning track balls already, and you see guys in the game just looking looking up at the sky like what just happened. And you know Texas comes in, they play in a dome, and then you know come here and it's like what are all these elements and what's going on? And it's a uh, they have a good lineup. I mean it was it's a different beast. Who who I talked to people that played in L.A. and people played in Chicago for an entire year, and they talk about the celebrities in L.A. And they say it's nothing like the celebrities that come in at in Chicago. So who is the biggest celebrity or who you were like, dang, I'm yeah. not, I can't believe I'm meeting that person. Connor, Connor McGregor, when he walked through, um, was uh, he had like a, a different kind of presence for sure. I feel like his, he had like the most like perfectly tailored suit I've ever seen before, I think. <laughs> He just like, and the way, just the way he carried himself. And he was actually, he was injured at the time, I think, because he had a cane. Um, I think I hurt his ankle recently. Um, but he, just the way he carried himself, the, the size of the group he had with him, like, I'd never said anything like that. And I just kind of just watched him go by. And it was a, you know, I'm getting, doing whatever, getting ready for the game. And he just kind of walks by, like, oh, like, <laughs> that's different. But, um, you know, I think part of it is, I, I was here at the tail end of, uh, those winning teams here, but it's different when the team is winning here. And so I think that's something you kind of earn too with the, the energy and the people around the clubhouse and things like that. So, you know, hopefully we're back to a level of excitement where that's drawing people in too. Nico, the, the correct answer to that question was David Ross. <laughs> yeah. Dancing with the star. <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that was one of uh the one of the things that I regret most that I didn't get to do in 2020 was the lockout or I'm sorry, it was the COVID year. So I got to play their hometown. It's where I'm from and not yeah. one fan of this at the stadium. So empty stadiums. The good trade-off was the scrimmages we got to do for that spring training 2.0. If you're playing in like a dead quiet Chicago city, but you're scrimmaging at Wrigley was pretty awesome. Well, man, there, there were some things from that whole year that just like, it just yeah. doesn't, you just roll with the punches. Well, I mean, I, I think a moment lost in all of that. It, it was pretty sad, actually, but funny too. Is 
when we went back to, to Cleveland and you tip your hat to the end <laughs> stadium and it's, it's like, man, you put so much time in there. You won so much and just, it, it would have been awesome to, to have that moment. You handled it well, but God, that I would have loved to have seen that. And see why I love this guy. Yeah. It's good. Him no, and, that, so we had a little, we would always hit together, me and Nico to give people the backstory uh, and Jake Cronenworth on the Padres. So we had our little second base university going and, <laughs> Uh, you guys know what a big fan I am of both of you, and congratulations again on those extensions to each of you. We They're asking me here what kind of nickname you got, and I wanted to do pipes. I wanted to try to get the video of you crushing the cages that we couldn't hit there anymore. Do you have a nickname yet? Has anybody given you one there? Dude, I don't really – I mean, Nico is technically a nickname. My name's Nicholas, but, I mean, some people call me Neek, but that's about it. I've never really had a nickname. That's not a maybe any It's just too smooth. You just you just got we got to get you one here down the road. I earned something along the way. I know. They've tried to been, trying to figure out like a something for Dansby and and me, but I don't know. Things take time. It's all good. <laughs> time yeah, is on I your side. He had a he had a recommendation, didn't he? Pipes, I thought. Pipes. Pipes. I, he so the backstory is he just crushed one of the pipes above our cage and flooded the entire place, and we all had a kind of abandoned ship and. We probably did the most worst job of trying to soak up any of the water that was coming out. Yeah, it, basically it, putting it, paper towels down. It, we thought it was a, a sprinkler at first, <laughs> dripping down, but it was an entire pipe system, which is probably sewage. And uh, <laughs> the whole place had about you know three or four inches of water across the entire surface by the end of it. And we started out like dabbing it with paper towels. <laughs> We just said, hey, Noel, we'll see you next week. Come, you, you got this. Yeah. We're out of here. That was the last hey, one. Hey, yeah. Kip, when you go to Stanford, you don't get you don't get nicknames. When you go to ASU, you need nicknames. But at Stanford, we're like, we're too smart. We don't do nicknames. <laughs> well, and they don't know yeah. how to clean up the we, water. we go by our proper name only, our proper name. Yeah, ASU, names, we, can't, so. we can't remember the full names. Yeah, that's why you got <laughs> nicknames. Hey, he's getting there. He's getting there. He's going to get one. Hey, Maybe. Nico, what's, what's your walk-up song this year? Um, I have a, I kept one of them from last year. It's Tequila Shots by Kid Cudi. And then the the other one I'm using is called 4AM Bay Bridge Music by Andre Nicotina. So you, what what's the balance? How do you decide which one to use when? Is it for first two at-bats, second two? Yeah, yeah. Alternate at-bats. Um, I've, I've gone up as high as four, so kind of one at and at bat for the game that was a little much um but i probably won't switch too much honestly like i don't really mix up that much you see guys go through a lot um but i kind of kind of keep it as is yeah are you pissed when you're like all right now they played tequila shots last time you're like dang it i don't get any hits when i get this like maybe they can play tequila shots again like are you are you thinking that in your head we, we, I mean, as hitters, we've all been through our, our superstitions and, and craziness, of course. I, I, they're really inconvenient. I try and stay away from them uh, as far as, you know, same batting gloves, same bat, all, all of those things. I try as best I can. I'm obviously aware of all those things like all of us are, but um, I do my best to avoid those. So try not to associate that too much. <laughs> Wait, so, Nico, this is how old I am. I was there at the first game. They allowed walk-up music for the Cubs. Oh, yeah, yeah. White yeah, Sox. I'll never Jesus. forget. Ryan Terrio so was long. so pumped because it used to just be organ music. 
Yeah. So they put do do do. So we're playing the Cubs, and Ryan Terrio, I think, was leading off, and he comes up, and it was like Taylor Swift, or I don't know what it was. <laughs> and he was so excited. I'm like, dude, why are you so happy? He's like, we get walk up songs now. Yeah, the big finally. leagues. Yeah, he's like, finally. <laughs> and then you guys have the full club in your clubhouse now. I mean, your locker room looks like a club, so uh, it's, it's perfect. It's, yeah, it's funny when people. I mean, people come here for the first time, uh, new players, and it's kind of like a it's a bit of a maze. It's a circular maze of sorts. And guys, you can see they're trying to play it cool, but they really have no idea where they are or what direction the field is or the cafeteria or anything. And you kind of see a couple laps and then they kind of orient themselves and figure it out. But it's a, yeah, we get, we're, we're pretty spoiled here. We got a good. You keep living the good life, Nico. Enjoy yeah. it. We'll get you a nickname by next time. Kip's yeah, first day I'm here open. on the show. So he's working on it. He's open to it, Kip. So it's yeah. on you, man. We'll Call up your ASU, buddy. We'll Let's it. get it going. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. Nico. Good luck yeah, to you, man. Later, buddy. Thank you. Cheers. Appreciate it. And guess what? We have our next guest ready to go. Arizona Diamondbacks' Josh Rojas joining us right now after a big weekend for the D-backs. And great, great uh, show hair going on for us yeah. right now as well. I knew the guys were going to look at that right away and be like, let's go. You the didn't have to comb your hair curls. for us? No, no. I love it. Josh, how you doing? Off a big weekend. Um, thanks for joining us, man. What's new? Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. This is, uh, this is, this is cool. Appreciate you. Well, first off, tell me about the weekend. I know you had a good quote, too. Um, you said, I think the biggest thing is we were putting the pressure on. Felt like it was the first time I've ever played the Dodgers where it felt like they could feel the pressure. So last year, I won't go specific numbers, the Dodgers had your number. This year, what's different? Is it the way that you're approaching them? Is it the roster construction of the Diamondbacks this year? Yeah, I think it's I think it's roster construction for sure. Um I we I mean speed kills and uh, we we used it to our advantage. I think the tough part in LA is we couldn't get on, guys on base, and you don't get on base, you can't really use your speed um, against them. So they came to our place. We got on base. We were putting the pressure on, stealing bases, um, taking extra bases, scoring on base hits. Uh, I mean, like you like you pointed out in that quote, it, it really felt like they could feel pressure, and and that's a that's really the first. Time out. I've I've uh, been on the right side of that. That's hey, going to be a great statistician. What do you got? No, they're five and three against the Dodgers. I can't believe they played them eight, eight times, times already. already. I know that is kind of crazy. <laughs> well, that's awesome. That's got to be a great feeling because you guys are a young team. So did you guys yeah. go into the season saying, "Hey, we played the Dodgers eight times in the first two weeks of the season. We really have to focus on them because they've been the king of the division for the last ten years." Did Tori Lovello come to you guys? and say, hey, we need to focus on these games because we don't want to get too far behind or early like we have in the past? Yeah, I think, I mean, even in spring training, we knew who we were opening up against. We knew we had uh, Dodgers and Padres to start off the, the, the season. And it was – we were kind of preparing for them all through spring training and just, you know, this is how we want to play. Um, you know, these are the things we want to do when we're on the bases. These are the things we're going to do on defense and neutralize – them taking extra bases, you know, because they can swing it. You know, their offense is, is just so scary. They can put three, four runs on the board, you know, with a couple mistakes. Um, so you, we knew that we were going to have to chip away. You know, we, we beat them with the long ball two times out of those five wins, and the rest we were just scrappy, putting the ball in play, not just not striking out, being aggressive. Um, you know, we – 
even against the Padres. Um, you know, the first and third play that, that we ran were, you know, I get credited with the steal of home and it's cool and everybody thinks, you know, oh, you stole home, that's awesome. But that was actually something we were talking about in spring training. Um, we have four or five different variations of first and third plays and and that was just one of them so we we prepared during spring training to beat teams with aggressiveness and with speed and uh it came out and and it worked for us uh, against uh san diego for one game and uh then in la here at home if you're if you're chopping down the the giants in your division that that gets you guys feeling good right there i remember some of the toughest teams i played against was people who put the most pressure on the base pass the the 2015 Royals and some of these other guys where it's like, we can't let one guy on because if we do, you already first base already feels like second base to us. Is that what you guys got going? Yeah, that, it felt, you know, the first time I felt that was playing the guardians last year. Uh, they were just, they don't strike out. They, it's like the most defeating feeling is when a team just is averaging an exit below of 70 miles an hour. And it's just hit after hit after hit. And then they get on base and it turns into a double because they steal second. Then the next guy just fillets something out there and he scores. It's like the most defeating thing. Like you start looking at each other like, why are we not in the right spots? Are we not making the right pitches? Like what's going on? Or like the look on a pitcher's face when you take a good slider just below the zone and and he's just shaking his head like, like how did he take that? Then they make a mistake with a heater. Um, the Guardians were like that last year. And um, – and, and, Look at the teams they're playing against. They're playing against the Yankee like power teams, and they're winning games. So, I think when we got a taste of that, being on the other side of it last year, it, it kind of, you know, just fueled us into like this can win games if if we if we just buy in and do it right. Do you think this is a sustainable model? And is this model built by Tori Lavello? Is this model built by Dave McKay? Who's who's the one that's running those? those base running things. Cause I know what Dave, I know, I know what Dave can do. And, you know, I don't know, you know, I don't know Tori as well, just playing against him, but who's, who's running those models and is this sustainable for you guys throughout the year? Yeah. I mean, obviously it's, it, there's the health factor. Um, you know, if everybody can stay healthy and keep your legs under them, but as far as, you know, who's running, it's a group effort. Um, you know, Mac has ideas, Obviously, everything runs through Tory. You know, we have a lot of ideas offensively that, you know, we have our hitters meetings before every game uh, with just the hitters and the hitters coaching coaches. And then we have our base running meeting, which is about five or six guys that, um, you know, are aggressive on the bases. And we meet with Mac and then they they run all those ideas through Tory. So, you know, if we ever have a new idea in those meetings and we tell our coaches, our hitting coaches or our or Mac doing base running and we have an idea um you know he'll say all right let me run this by tory and get back to you and then usually for the most part tory's good with it you know there's a few instances where you know he'll say all right well we're going to be less aggressive in these situations or um you know tory has some guidelines that he has set for mac and tony on the bases that you know we don't know of but you know we'll say like hey you know, can we run right here? And Max, like, uh, this is, you know, this is one of those red light situations. So um, it's not just a free for out there. There are some guidelines and some stipulations that we got to abide by. Um, but for the most part, um, Tori's, you know, he's all in a, on being aggressive. What's one thing that Max taught you in 
like that you wish you were, I don't know, maybe a freshman at Hawaii, like, dang, how did I not know that? Because it, for people who don't know, Dave McKay is one of the, he's, he's like the, you know, he's the Rusty Koontz of, of base running too. Rusty was the first base coach that Kip was talking about with our Royals teams that we just ran. Like, it was like, I'll get you five. I'll get you five bags easy yep. this month. Like, what's the one thing that Dave McKay, because AJ is also a high school coach. He sometimes shows up, but I'm a high school coach. Like, what's the one thing where you're like, dang, on it. I wish I knew that when I was in high school that he's taught you. Well, I think it's how often pitchers will show you what they're going to do. It's unbelievable. Like, there's some things that Max shows us, and it's like, this guy doesn't know he does that when he's going home <laughs> or when he's coming to first. Like, how does he not? How does he not know that? Um, I think that's the biggest thing. Is like, so there, there's so many tales that guys have. Um, the other thing is counts that guys won't throw over or never have in their whole career thrown over in certain counts. Um, which obviously, you know, in high school and in college, you don't really have access to that information like we do in the big leagues. But um, you know, things that you could pick up in a regular high school or college game is like, Hey, this guy points his toe, you know, in towards the rubber when he's going home and he leaves a little more open when he's going to pick over. It's like little things like that, that Mac picks up on. And, and then he, he tells you, and then you see it and you're like, Oh, okay, well I'm going to go. Um, you know, there's already been times this year where Mac's like, Hey, he's, you can get him right here. And I don't go. And he's right. It was a curveball in the dirt. And I'm like, ah, I'm sorry, Mac. I just, I don't want to get thrown out. I, and I didn't, I didn't have full trust in you right there. Um, but you know, he's, he's like, you said, he's the base running guru and you know, he's got, he's got our catcher stealing bases right now. Josh, I want to ask you about, that's a good point. I want to ask you about your rich rookie teammate, Corbin Carroll. So he's a hundred million dollar <laughs> man and the, you're a young team. So you don't have many rich dudes in the clubhouse that you can kind of make fun of in a good way. You can't really do that to Bumgarner, I'm sure, for obvious reasons. He would, uh, you know, probably find a way to hit you in a sim game or something like that. Um, but for <laughs> Corbin, this dude is barely in the bigs. We know all the talent that he's got. Is he buying dinners anytime something comes up or you're like, I don't know, dude, you're rich. You figure it out. Yeah, man, we haven't gotten him to buy anything yet. Um I just found out – I just finally got him to tell me what his signing bonus was a couple of days ago. He's just, he's very – he doesn't want to be the rich guy, you can tell. He wants to just be the – he kind of likes being, you know, the young rookie, the quiet guy. Um, he's trying to play that underdog role, but it's like, hey, man, you're rich. You, you're going to have to dish out some, dish out some meals here soon. Um, <laughs> I'm sure by you know I'm sure I'm sure we'll get him soon to 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 buy something for us. I mean, he still rides to the park with his mom and dad. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he's still getting dropped off. Josh, I saw uh, one of your quotes before, and I think it's kind of one of my favorite parts of a player figuring it out, basically. And this is kind of it stemmed from my whole hold it back thing, where you're like, I don't care how it works, just as long as it works. So you kind of. You talked about trying to hit home runs a little bit earlier, college on up to through the minors, and now you've kind of gone away from that, and you're like, I just need contact and hit it where it's pitched and gone throughout. Tell us about that like kind of maturation and how you came to that conclusion, basically, where I just need to do what needs to be done. Yeah, I mean, I think it was 
getting exposed at the big league level. Um, you know, the pitching was a whole lot different. Um, you know, I came up through the minor leagues just hunting fastballs and hitting mistakes. And, you know, in the minor leagues, you get tons of mistakes. You're going to get fastballs over the plate. Um, you take this, you take the chase spin and you, you'll, you'll earn yourself a heater. And then you get to the big leagues and you're getting two O breakers and you're getting three, one changeups. And, <laughs> you know, you're, it's just the heaters, even when you get a heater, it's, you know, we just faced Dustin May the other day and he struck me out on three pitches on heaters over the plate. So, um, you know, it's, it's a whole different level. It's a whole different game. The command's different. The movement's different. Um, the pitch sequencing, so I just came up with an approach of like, okay, you know, I have a high contact rate. Um, I can put the ball in play. I can square it up. It's just a matter of, you know, if I try to do too much, I, I'm not going to – I'm losing the ability to to make contact and put the ball in play. And I think my, my you know, strength in a lineup is, is getting on base and then creating havoc on the bases and um, – you know, I, I kind of fell in love with the long ball in the minor leagues. Um, I was I was hitting a ton of them. We went through that uh, the the juiced ball era a little bit in in the minor leagues in in nineteen, and uh, you know homers were fun. And I and I I kind of started to believe myself as a home run hitter. And I, I got to the big leagues and I got exposed a little bit and was rolling over everything and flaring stuff to left and. Uh, it kind of humbled me a little bit and brought me back to to what got me drafted and what got me to the big leagues is is making contact and hitting line drives. Well, I think it's one thing to get there. It's another thing to stay there that you hear about people. This game usually always makes the adjustment to you. Uh, the people who can make the adjustment back are the ones who end up staying there in the long run. Yeah, uh, and you know, I've I've had plenty of conversations with guys that have been around a long time, and you know, having Longori now, it's it's awesome because you know, he's seen so many different eras, you know, he came up, you know, I think he debuted in 2008 and he was just talking to us the other day about how pitching is so much different now. Like, you know, guys were, you know, trying to fool you with, with movement and stuff. And, and now it's like guys are attacking you with high heaters plus velo. Um, you know, you've, you've seen it, you've seen the game change over time. Um, the pitching has, has, become like a power um you know guys aren't scared to walk you they're they're just trying not to leave the ball over the plate and give up the homer so that's where you see all this you know 3-1 chase pitch 2-0 chase pitch um you know you really gotta you you gotta be willing to take your walks almost like guys guys are okay with walking you and they don't want to give up the long ball josh you 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 had a different path to the to the major leagues than most people you went to juco Right, and then you ended up at the University of Hawaii. Do they still have the banner from the 1997 Honolulu Sharks that we won out there in the Hawaii Winter League? <laughs> I don't think so. I, I never saw. <laughs> but it, it was it was the big one out there in left field. Right field has the still has the dorms right in right field, and then left field there was more yeah. of a mountain view. Yeah, it was out there in the left field because the dorms it would we would have covered up all the dorms in right field. So you must have missed it in left field. Yeah, I, I must I must have. They must. It must still be up there. You just can't see it. It's behind yeah. a couple of trees or something. <laughs> I think they covered up the dorms for other reasons. But go ahead. <laughs> explain yeah. explain the JUCO route because a lot of people look and say, "Oh, I got to go to JUCO. It's 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 not a good thing." But how do you end up from JUCO to Hawaii, and then now obviously now you're in the minor leagues or the major leagues? Excuse me. Yeah, um, it, was, uh, 
it was, you know, like you said, it was when I first made the decision, it was kind of, uh, it was kind of a bummer for me mentally, just because, you know, you have like the national signing days in high school and, you know, people are signing to go here, signing to go there. Um, you know, and I, I considered myself a, above average baseball player. And I, and I thought that meant you went to division one or you went to a university. Um, but I was just, you know, when I was, while I was talking to schools and, you know, shopping around, I had a conversation with the, with one of the recruiting guys at U of A and he was like, yeah, you could come here. You know, we'd love to have you. Um, but you know, looking at our infield, you know, you'd be a, you know, a red shirt guy. And then, you know, you could work in some playing time your sophomore year and then, your junior year or your redshirt sophomore year would be like your first real opportunity for playing time. And, you know, and I had seen guys that I had played with that had already graduated, go to universities and, you know, not play the first year and then, you know, fighting for playing time. Every time they mess up, they're out of the lineup their second year. And it was just like, do I, uh, you know, I, I can't do it. I can't sit and watch a game. Like I have to be in the game. It's just my mentality. Um, I'm not a good bench guy. Um, so I just was having conversations with different people and, and realized that, you know, there's a lot of development that happens in junior college. Um, you know, there's no practice rules. You're out there four or five hours every day, taking ground balls, hitting, um, playing, you know, fall balls, like a full season. There's 35, 40 games in, in the fall. Um, and I just, I, I loved it. And I, I, and the reason why I settled on Paradise Valley is they had a really good infield coach. They had a hitting guy that I really liked. And, uh, you know, it was, it was all something new, and I felt like I could learn a lot, and, and I did. I, I think I developed – you know, I think that was my biggest development was, you know, my first two years of junior college, just really learning how to play defense for real. And, um, you know, that was the first time that it wasn't just me and my dad hitting the backyard. I had, you know, some new ideas uh, with our with the hitting coach there. And, um he was kind of the first guy that really got me on that idea of just staying on playing with the baseball for as long as possible. It's kind of uh, Kipnis has that, that same, you know, that, there that you, go. you know, level bat. Um, that's when I first started playing with that, that whole idea of just like, well, if I want to be in the zone for as long as possible, why don't I just start there and, uh, and keep it there the whole time. And that's when it first started and um, it really worked out for me. And then from there I got recruited to go to Hawaii and then uh, senior year, I get drafted. Wait, you, you just did you just say you wanted to hit like Jason Kipnis? You still want to hit like <laughs> hey, Jason Kipnis? I watched I watched a lot of his videos. I'm not gonna my lie. My bad. Uh, my bad. You know, that's so that's why we had you on today. Then it wasn't because of <laughs> how the Diamondbacks are doing. It's because you hit like Jason Kipnis. Yeah, we had you on to tell yeah, you to stop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. I mean, I don't. I don't got the fastest hands in the world. I don't got time for all all of this extra. You know, this this Me hand either. separation and all the stuff that guys are doing nowadays. That's it's really cool to see. But um, you know, get it get it in the zone, hold it there, and keep it there. And you know, the other day it worked out. I was on. I called the plane train. You know, it started in Houston. We called that the plane train when you get those weak hits. Um, Gratterall cutter in about you know this far off the plate, extremely late. I think I hit it below the label, uh, and double off the left field line chalk. <laughs> Love that exit velo of forty nine point eight. Exit velo's <laughs> overrated, dude. Exit velo's. Oh, listen, you, I don't know if you can That's see this I'm bat saying. I have right here. Can you? Can we get a close up of this bat that I'm holding? 
in the camera. Hold on. Do you see the bat? Do you see this right here? Yeah. Yeah, you know why I have that on my all my bats when I finish my career? Because Major League Baseball got so mad at me for breaking so many, they made me tape them so they wouldn't fly in the stands and kill somebody. True story. <laughs> really? That's why I have tape. And pitchers used to say, that's an advantage. I'm like, well, that means you're jamming the shit out of me, and I'm throwing <laughs> yeah. it over the shortstop's head. So, yeah. yeah. Good hitters get that's, jammed. Uh, yeah, that's right. Hey, any way you can get on, especially on that, you said it earlier, taking your walks. As an offense that has that speed, you take, you just get on any way you can. That works. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it was and, – and the Dodgers actually weren't a good team to uh to have that approach they throw a lot of strikes uh they'll they're willing to come after you but you know we're gonna play a lot of teams throughout the year that throw a lot of chase stuff and um you take your walks when you can get on base and create havoc from there i think the other advantage is you know with speed is you know you can turn those walks into doubles it's it's hard it's hard in this league to score from first base um you know it's hard to put together two three four hits in a row um, so if we can get on base and, and get those extra bases, you know, we, we, we did a lot in the Dodger series, you know, get the guy gets on first, steal second, another little weak hit, he scores, steal second, another little weak hit, he scores. So, um, yeah, well, I think walks are, are big in this game and especially with all the power, you know, people are getting paid for power th these days and, you know, pitchers are getting paid to not give up homers. So. I think with those two things mixing, you, if you're patient, you'll get rewarded. Now, are you? Is it now called the Josh Rojas for Zach Grinky trade? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. Not yet. Uh, I don't think I want it that way. You know, I got traded with. You know, those are those are my boys that got traded with me. Um, you know, they've they've had some some injuries have plagued them. Um, hard workers, but you know. It just they keep getting hit with the injury bugs and, and luckily I've I've stayed out of there. But you know, those were those are three really good players that got traded with me. Beer, unbelievable hitter, um, you know, Bukowskis, just the hardest working pitcher I I've ever seen. Uh workhorse in the weight room and, and just every time he comes back it's gets plagued with, with something else and it's uh it's sad. And then Corbin just was supposed to be one of our guys this year and and then right at the end of spring training had that injury. Um, I think it was like his lat or something like that. So, yeah, I mean, I've been blessed to, to stay on the field. You know, I've had a couple small injuries, but yeah, those were those were my boys that came with me in that trade. Yeah, you're the prize though right now. That that's fair. Yeah, they're with you and they still got a shot, but you're the prize of the deal right now. So keep yeah. it up, Josh. Keep it up, man. It was good to talk yeah. to you. Yeah, this is awesome. Um, I'm a big fan of the show. Um, this is this is cool to be on. Thank you. Yeah. Love hey, it. anytime, man. Keep doing your thing with Arizona. Keep shocking the world. And we'd love to have you back soon, man. And also, I know these guys are, are jealous of the flow. I am too. He's got way better hair than me. Look at his hair. Look at the natural hair. <laughs> it is. Yeah. That shit's yeah, Yours is not natural. It's out of no. control right I've now. I've seen you try to make it look like that. <laughs> we're all wearing hats because we're balding. Uh, whoa, whoa, Gosh. whoa. No, no, no. Well, what is that? No, no, no. Gosh, you're borrowing it, man. It's not yours. You're just borrowing it, okay? Yeah. <laughs> like, look at Kip. Like, yeah. man, you just borrowing yeah, it. I'm not there. I'm not Enjoy there. Enjoy it. You're there, Kip. Don't, yeah, don't. I'm not don't there. Him wrong. Ride it. Ride it. Josh, good luck today, man. Great Thank to you, have Josh. you on. Appreciate you. Thanks, guys. Anytime.